Well, happy Mother's Day, North Star. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here. You know, we've been in this series called Soul Care. It, we live in a world that's about self-care, but really God is concerned with something so much deeper and so something so much longer lasting, and that is our soul. And that soul is that, that direct line between our will, our mind, our body, emotions, Really, those things make up our soul. We call it, to make it easy, we call it the engine room. We know something's not right. And when Paul wrote this letter to the church at Philippi, he was writing from a prison cell, but yet he wrote about joy because his soul wasn't contained in prison. Just his body, his soul was set free. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. If you got your Bible, turn to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter four, we got a lot to hit this morning. I want to hit it because we do, we got some special stuff coming here in a few minutes. Philippians four, if you've got your North Star app, go ahead and take that app out. And that will be our guide as we work along. It has the notes in it, North Star Church, Georgia. If you're watching online, you also have a notes area to take notes in. Man, I challenge you to do it because today's a, a day that we all battle. We talked about joy. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about gratitude. Today, we're going to talk about what's between our ears, our mind. Here we go. Philippians chapter 4, right over there in the New Testament. Philippians 4, we're going to start reading in verse number 4. Look at what Paul says to the church at Philippi. He says, always be full of joy in the Lord. That was what we talked about the very first week. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you're considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. So Paul, as he's chained to this jailer, doesn't sound like a guy that's, that's cooped up. He sounds like a guy that's been set free. And listen to what he goes on to say. Don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And I love this part. And then thank him for all he's done, which is what we talked about last week. Then you'll experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And then he says this, I love this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. He begins to talk about our minds. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Think about these things that are excellent, and worthy of praise. I love how he says, don't worry about anything, pray about everything. And, and when your mind's working, fix your thoughts on these things. Why? Because Paul knew what we know now. There's an incredible power that goes on in our mind. I think that's why he said what he said in Romans chapter 12 when he said, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but God, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think, then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Would you pray with me? Father, we never dream our soul is attached to our mind. And if our mind's not right, our soul's not settled. That's just a fact. So God, today, would you pull up a chair right where our friends and family are watching today from all over. God, would you show us today the things that we need to put aside in our lives 
so we can fix our eyes on you and what is good and honorable and perfect and right and just. Father, that is my prayer. And I give it over to you and ask that you use this time in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we live in a world that we hear the term fake news a lot. Y'all hear the term fake news, and it comes from both parties, right? It's not a Democrat or Republican thing. It's sort of a, it's, it's a thing that's said by both sides and the libertarians. It's like we don't really know what we're getting. We don't really, I don't know if you can believe this or not. We live in a world of fake news, right? Not just the media, right? We live in a world of fake thoughts that come into our brain, right? You, maybe you're a mom and you're watching this morning and you think about fixing your thoughts and, and you deal with that struggle of comparison. You pull up Instagram and, and you see a mom that's a friend of yours and you're in your PJs, it's four o'clock, you barely got through the day teaching your kids on elementary level and a high school level and then you've got a little one running around the house and you're like, I'm losing my mind and you're in your PJs, you have no idea what's for dinner and you flip on Instagram and one of your friends down the cul-de-sac, she's not only had her schoolwork done with her children by nine. 30, right? They are baking brownies now, and they're doing a family project together, and they're already prepping for dinner that night. And you're like, I, I just can't get it in our minds at war, right? All the time. Maybe maybe you're a dad, and, and it's not just the, the lustful thoughts of where your mind goes, but you, you see a dad that's, his, your kids play on the same little league team, and, and his sons hit 400 balls off a tee by 9 a.m., and your son hadn't picked up a bat since your last game, right? And you're going, man, I, I, we don't measure up. And that's what happens in the battle for our minds. It's a real battle. And if our minds are not right, our soul is never settled. And God has so much to say about it. I want you to pin down a couple of thoughts this morning. And, and I'll say this too. Um, I, I could have preach this message one way at 17 and one way at 27 and one way at 37 and one way at 47 and one way at the age that I am now. I mean, it, it would be, and I'm not 57, all right, go back a couple years, but, but I could have preached this message different ways because that battle for our mind has changed over time, but it's still a battle, right? To look with me today, write down a couple thoughts. Maybe they'll help us as we get control of our thoughts. Number one, my thoughts control my life. That's a fact. They're almost like a rudder for our lives. Proverbs says it this way, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Every single thought helps determine who you are and what you do, right? So goes this, so goes this and this. My thoughts control my life. So a thought, reap an action. So an action, reap a habit. So a habit, reap a character. And so a character, reap a destiny. And it all goes back to our thoughts. Number two, my mind is the battleground for sin. It is. It's, it's the battleground. Sins aren't just what we do. They all germinate somewhere. Look at the way Paul said it. With my whole heart, I agree with the law of God, but in every part of me, I discover something fighting against my mind, and it makes me a prisoner of sin and controls everything I do. Whatever gets my attention gets me. That's what I learned. Whatever gets my attention gets me. And my thoughts are the key to life and peace. So if I want a soul that is at peace, 
My thoughts are the key, right? They unlock it. If your sinful nature controls your mind, Paul says, there's death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. So I have, I have an option. You and I have an option, right? We can manage our mind or our mind can manage us. So either I control it or it controls me. One of the two things is going to happen. And this not only happens in life, it happens on sports fields. The, the power of the mind is, a, is, a, is an incredible thing. And the Lord knows that. That's why Paul wrote what he wrote and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he wanted you and I to know it. Here's three daily choices to help us take control of our mind. Number one, I must feed my mind with truth. I must feed my mind with truth. Back when I was growing up in the, in the 80s, scripture memory was a really big thing in student ministry. And they would give us little cards to memorize scripture. And at the time, I thought it was sort of silly and sort of stupid. But you know what? There's a lot of truth in it. Because I'm either going to feed my mind with truth or I'm going to chew on something else. And I remember them talking about, there used to be a guy that wrote Studio Curriculum called Billy Beecham. And he said that literally when you meditate on God's word, it's like a cow chewing cud. It's over and over and over. So either I'm going to think over and over and over about the things of the Lord, or I'm going to think over and over and over about fill in the blank, right? Jesus said it this way, people need more than bread for their life. They must feed on every word of God. In fact, when you go back through Christ's life, every time he was tempted, he would quote back scripture. Why? Because he hid it away in his heart. The psalmist, I rise early to cry out for help. Lord, how I love your word. I think about it all day long. Even in the darkest of night, your teachings still fill my mind. So I had a, my youth pastor growing up, he used to write um, memory of verses on an index card and he'd put them on his dash. He was always memorized. Why? Because he fed on God's word. Number two, I must free my mind from destructive thoughts. But our mind can go crazy places, can it? One minute we're at the top of the world, the next minute our mind goes off into an alley we never meant for it to go down. And we're like, why is my mind there? I've got to feed my mind good things, and I've got to free my mind from destructive things. First enemy of our mind is our old nature. You and I all have an old nature. I want you to write under that. It's who you used to be before Christ. So if you know Christ now, it isn't who you are. It's who you used to be. It's the old, it's the old you, but it's still hanging around, right? Paul said it this way, those who are dominated by the sinful nature that think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So if I drive back to Fayetteville, Georgia, and I run into, I remember I was down there a couple years ago and went to a high school game and ran into some old teammates and my old coach. Well, all of a sudden, I became 16-year-old Mike, who was a baseball player. That's how they think of me. They don't think of me as a pastor. Think of me as a baseball player. That's the old me. That's not who I am now. That's who I was, right? So we've got to begin to think about who we are now, not who we used to be. First enemy is our old nature. The second enemy is Satan himself, right? Our second enemy is Satan. He knows if he can get your mind, listen, he can get you. 
If you can get your mind filled with fear and worry and anxiety and comparison and doubts, you know, the economy is opening back up. But you know what, it, you know what it's done for all of us here at North Shore? We're having this conversation this morning. It's created more questions than we have answers, right? And boy, our mind can really work, and the enemy knows that. He can just plant those seeds. Here's what he's the author of. Here's how you always know he's involved. Ready? Guilt. He always loves to go to guilt. That's his go-to. Second is discouragement. He loves to discourage you. God loves to remind you of who you can be and of what's to come, hope. The enemy loves to remind you of guilt and discourage you in your walk. Look at the way Paul said it, 2 Corinthians, I'll forgive whatever needs to be forgiven so that Satan will not outsmart us for we're familiar with his evil schemes. He's only got a couple. He's not that smart but he's really good at what he does. Now, if you don't really care about growing in Christ, and he's not really concerned with you. He's already got you. But the minute you put on the jersey and say, I want to get in the game and be the spiritual leader of my home and do things better around the home, then all of a sudden, his schemes, as Paul said, they rise up against you. Third enemy of our mind is the world's values. Let's just face it. We are not of this world. And sometimes, sadly, our lives look just like the world because their values have so influenced us. First John, he said it this way, these are the ways of this world wanting to satisfy our sinful selves. So what do we do? Number three, ready? I must focus my mind on the right things. So I'm putting something up here. It's either good and right or it's not good and helpful. It's either going to add value to me, I'm feeding it something healthy, or I'm feeding it something that's not healthy. But I'm going to get what I put in. That's the fact. I'm going to get out of it what I put into it. Well, how then... Do I begin to feed myself the right things? So our minds are a powerful tool because they always go to negative before positive, always. And we've got to train our mind how it should work. So we, we've got a little puppy at home, Buck. Well, Buck isn't a puppy anymore. He's getting to be an old codger, but he still looks like a puppy. We never took him to obedience school. And therefore, he is not obedient. He does not do our minds are the same way. We've got to take our minds to obedience school to go, I'm going to train my mind in how to think. Do you know that there's people that make a living working with athletes that are sports psychologists? You know what they do? They help athletes train their mind. Well, God says, let me tell you how powerful your mind is. If you let me transform it, you can more quickly discover God's will for your life, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. What can we do? Number one, think about Jesus. Think about him. I challenge you this week, just take five days, Monday to Friday. 
before you pick up your phone and check Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever your, your social media love is, right? Before you even check it, think about Jesus. Think about Jesus. Have a verse. Take a verse today. Maybe Romans 12, 2 is a great verse. And you say, I'm gonna memorize that verse, and that's the very first thing I'm gonna do. Think about Jesus. I bet you'll be shocked the difference. So I can begin my day with my mind going a thousand directions, or I can begin my day with my mind going one direction. Paul, Paul told Timothy to keep your mind on Jesus Christ. Hard to do. I wish it wasn't. So we would, we would even tell you around North Star, we're busier now than we were before this craziness started because we're relearning how to do church, right? I remember in my podcast, um, a good friend of mine, Sam Chan, he said it this way, we're always learning, unlearning, relearning. And that is where we're at right now as a church. We're doing the same thing. So there's a battle for where I think. I gotta think about Jesus. Second thing, I gotta think about others. I gotta think about others. The enemy will always take you to yourself. God will always take you to others, always. The enemy will always make you think about what you don't have, how life is bad for you, and God will always make you think about others. This is what Hebrews said, let us think about each other and help each other to show love and good deeds. The third thing, think about eternity. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Don't think about things only down here on earth. And, you know, we just don't, we don't do that a lot. You know, it's a little creepy, actually. You think about eternity? My God, I'm worried about Sunday, right? What are we going to eat for lunch today? That's what I'm thinking about. It's a powerful thing happens, though, when you think about eternity. When you think about eternity, you begin to get your life in order here. So we had a gentleman, uh, we talked about him last week, message, Brett Pyle, good friend of ours, did a helping our staff find their life purpose uh, exercise. You know how you began it? Thinking about the end, sort of the Stephen Covey thing. Thinking about the end and working your way back. What do you want said about you at your funeral? Who do you want to be there? And how do you want to have influenced them? Think about eternity. So there's a lot of parts of my job that I love. I've got lots of my parts of my job that I love. There's one part of my job I don't love. But, but, here's the caveat. When I do it, I'm thankful to have the opportunity to do it. And I'm always better for it. And those are funerals. Why? Because when you get to honor somebody's life, it's a, it's a special treat to know that you were the person they asked. The selfish part of it, though, is when I get in my car, I'm always better because I think about my eternity. Eternity is a real thing. Here's my challenge to you today. Are you going to let your mind control you up here? Or are you going to take control of your mind and your thoughts? And you're going to drive the car. They all have to do with our soul. And our prayer, our prayer is that your soul is settled in him. Would you pray with me?
Father, today we, uh, when we just come to you saying thank you. God, today we come to you saying we need you. Not Sunday to Sunday, but minute by minute. My Father, some of us, our minds have done a number on us recently. They've taken us places we didn't want to go. We know. We're sitting there and we know the alleys. We've gotten off the main road and chased down some pretty dark alleys. Father, today, may it not be something we feel guilty about. Father, may it be something we go, I want so much more because that's how you feel about us. You're not there to beat us up. That's what the enemy does. Father, you're there to encourage us to be who you want us to be and created us to be. Father, no matter where anybody's watching this morning, they got a takeaway. God, would you just speak it into their hearts? you just speak your truth into their souls? God, we give you today. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name.